You're about to listen to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which comes to you free every single week over on geekinthecity.com. If you enjoy helping us keep this show free, and I know you do, pop on over to patreon.com forward slash geekinthecity, where we have all kinds of levels that get you some fantastic awards and benefits. But if you can't help us out there, just please share this show over on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And as always, our opening and closing theme brought to you by nerd rock group Megathruster. And now... Let's get on with an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. It's been a long, long week. Why don't you spend some time with geeks? So many issues today into which we must delve. We're gonna talk about the stuff that makes you scream and shout. Hit the red alert, we're going War Factor 12. Thanks for pressing play, now we're gonna save the day, alright! Hello, and welcome to issue 538 of Geek in the City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. I'm one of your other hosts, me and Rita. And I'm your other host, Cable Hashitani. What's up, everybody? Hi. Just over over here (laughs) touching my face with impunity. Yeah, do it. Touch it. (laughs) (laughs) And we have a special guest, not here for building character, but for other reasons. Lindsay's back. Hello. Hello. I like how you made it vague for, for other reasons. Other well, I reasons. Did, well, I didn't know what we were going to call it, but just for, uh-huh. for talking. For hanging out. Yeah. For, for cool guy stuff. It's fine. She said we were cool. We are cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, to, Stu. That is Don. cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Hey. <clears throat> uh, so we're all still alive for the four nerds that are still... No, nerds are fine, but... Like I, like I said, that's speaking too soon. As he just coughed for like I, three. <laughs> I was already sick with something else, so I'm like in the clear now, right? That's just how that works. Yeah, that's not no. how viruses nope, work. That's not me. how that works. <laughs> I just barely made it. Like I've got over bronchitis this week, so yeah, Oof. yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, and Bean, that's not brutal. Yeah, you got the you really got the raw end of that deal. Yeah. I don't know who we came in contact with at uh, at Dark Arts, but uh, Sarah got hit. Oh yeah, man! I somehow I didn't. Oh, it was which is not was weird. Dark Arts for me. <laughs> oh yeah, she was fine too, huh? And what it, about Tara? It was from I work. Can't yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, probably. Yeah. No, I no, literally no, no, well, had a client spit at me, so yeah, I'm pretty sure. Hey. Mine also could have been from work, except for it's it incubated for a long time then because I was out of the office for three days before <laughs> all, it hit me. So all that booze was just kind of keeping it. was like, okay, fine. And yeah. then you just gave it, a, you gave it just a little bit of space. If you'd have quit, if you just kept drinking. I was still drinking when it ha- when like, you know, when I hit the wall. That is oh, that's true. true. And you hit that health, wall hard. Healthily yeah. speaking. Hard. Anyway. But yeah, that's not how it works. You can't get sick once and then be... That would be like, well, I got shot 10 years ago, so bullets can't hurt me anymore. <laughs> that's also not how bullets work. I, that was my okay. point. Yeah. Unless you're Superman. I am not Superman. 
I mean, Superman's immune to everything that we catch as humans. As long as he maintains his existence under a yellow sun. Mm-hmm. And it's not a magical virus. That yes. fuck him up. Magic we, virus? Yeah. I don't yeah. see why magic should make a difference. Because he's not immune to oh, magic. Oh, it does. But it's earth magic. It doesn't matter. Magic, magic. Mm, I don't know about that. The, it's the same. Re- no, that's why. He, that's that's why. That's he, that's his vulnerability. Is magic, as proven on the last episode of Legends of Tomorrow, <clears throat> you can have lung cancer, but if it is accelerated by magic, you can only treat it by magic. You can't just treat it as if it is just lung cancer. Right, right. No, I know, and, and I'm not caught up, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Because um, I'm close to being caught up. Yeah, because yeah. we all know John Constantine and lung cancer go hand in hand. Yes. That's right, love. Um, but here's the thing is, he's an Earth again. So, again, Earth diseases, Earth magic, <laughs> Earth cures, it's all Earth and doesn't. But magic is magic. It doesn't matter. That's what mm-hmm. gets to it. Magic is one of those things that Superman is vulnerable to. Yeah. That, I'm, and I'm just, I, I get it. It's canon, whatever. I'm just saying. That's I like, like how that's what you have a problem with. Not <laughs> everything else about him. You're like, it's magic. A very, it's a very, like, touch and go sort of a loophole there. Is, is all I'm saying. That's why, Shaz- that's why Shazam is able to basically go toe-to-toe with Superman. I mean, because he's magic power. What that concept with, with, with these plot lines Same we're establishing is that all magic across all Earth and all 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 universes, all dimensions, whatever, is the same. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Magic is chaos. You can't predict it. Mm-hmm. That's why con- the kind of magic Constantine uses is different from the, what Zatanna taps into. And so yet there is an, there's there's magic is not chaos. Ma- ca- magic is a way to control the chaos. Oh, but it all you always Lindsay, pay a price. Lindsay, me up here. Oh, dude, you guys are talking about something that I <laughs> do not like. S- Superman is my my comic book blind spot. Mm. <laughs> well, I don't really know that much about Superman that, either, which is why I'm not on their side. They've just taken it for granted. Superman is an alien from another planet. Our yellow sun gives him superpowers. On his planet, he's like a normal dude like everybody else. Well, spoilers, he doesn't he, have one, one anymore. <laughs> right? You actually snorted on Be sensitive that. there, Bean. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the point is, the one like, one of the few loopholes there are is magic. Earth yes. Magic. Any it, magic. Largely because it was written in so that he has, because they got tired of, well, if kryptonite's the only thing that can take him out, then he's too powerful. All right, fine. He's affected by magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's, yeah. A, it's a loophole so that you Although I think that goes story. back further. That that goes back to um Mitzi's Picklick. Who's not magical, he's uh fifth dimension. Which is basically magic. Which like his is advanced science that presents as magic to yeah. us because we're troglodytes. Right. Compared to fifth dimensional beings. Imps. <laughs> y- yes. No, they're imps. We're troglodytes. That's what I meant. Okay. Yeah. Right. And Wonder Woman's only half magic. Like, part of it is imbued by the powers of the gods and goddesses, but then she's also got magic. That's why her sword can cut him, because it is magic. Right. It's a magic sword. Yeah. She has a magic lasso. Yeah. Lariat is also... (laughs) Yes, per- also known as a lariat. It's, it's also <laughs> accepted nomenclature. Yes, it is. Uh, that is but that, great. But that's all why. Well, that's so also. <laughs> that's also all why one of the biggest fears of like a lot of the big guns in the DCU is if Zatanna ever loses control. She's Zatanna could actually be the most powerful person in the DC universe if she ever really completely gave in to her source. Because she's not human or meta. She's magi. I yeah. love Zatanna. And there's only been like it's just 
her, right? And her dad. Are there have there ever been other magi in DC that they've really that are in the current? I don't know. I really haven't paid attention to that distinction. Is the wizard Shazam? Yeah. Is he in? Or is he an eternal? I think he's an eternal. Oh, that's Marvel. You know what I mean, though. But, one of the. But one of the. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, him, Spectre. One of the immortals from. Immortal. Him, Spectre, Phantom, Phantom Stranger. Stranger. And Merlin. It's <laughs> weird. Not Mordu? No. Huh. But he might be a Magi. Yeah. Uh, is um, Clary and the Witch Boy? I love Clary and the Witch Boy. Oh, I haven't thought about Clary and the Witch Boy in a long time. That's amazing. Um, it just came out. Um, Zatanna and the House of Secrets. It's a young, a young adult uh, graphic mm-hmm. original graphic novel. Pick it up; it's great. You'd love it. Will do. Ooh, I want to get that. Fe- that sounds cool. Also features um, Clary and the Witch Boy. All right. And <clears throat> say the name one more time for me. Uh, Zatanna and the House of Mystery. Thank uh, you much. Also drawn by um, Yoshi Yoshitani, who's a, oh okay, yeah, I love her work, love it. That means we want to go back and reread the House some of the of secrets. St- mm-hmm. Okay, some of the Stephanie Brown Batgirls when she had to team up with Damien and hunt down Clary and the Witch Boy. <laughs> yeah, I love that's, that, that's when that arc ends with her and Damien on a bouncy castle, and she's like, "You're smiling because you're having fun." And he's like, "No, I'm smiling because I'm thinking of ways to kill you. You're still having fun." <laughs> <laughs> Bean is completely checked out. She's like, you fucking nerds. I just, I can't contribute because I haven't read any of these. That's fair. The most I know about uh, Witch Boy and Zatanna comes from, not Teen Titans, um, Just Young League Justice. Oh, Young Justice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that, That's it. That's all I know. But that's, that's largely also what a lot of people know them from. They either know them from Young Justice or Justice League Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Like, those are farther reaching than comics are, quite honestly. Especially oh, yeah. for Clarion totally. and Zatanna. Just like we always talk about the fact that if you're going to make a Green Lantern movie, it has to be John Stewart. It has Stewart to be John Stewart. Because more people know John Stewart is the Green Lantern from Justice League than they do Hal Jordan from the comic books. Basically, I think if you're under 40... And aren't and haven't read the comics like and like gone back. If you're mm-hmm. under forty, your knowledge of Green Lantern is John Stewart. Yep, because mm-hmm. it's been the way since when did the first Justice League come out? Ninety eight. When did that series start? Yeah, you're going on yeah. twenty years. Yeah, yeah. Huh. And we've seen the other ones, but yeah, it's John Stewart to yep. like basically a generation and a half of people. He's black and it's scary. For, I I for, gotta tell you, Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> like the the fact that that's how they ended Arrow was create yeah. was making John Diggle John Stewart the Green Lantern. That's pretty cool. I want his first appearance to be in the latter half of Black Lightning this year. Ooh. I really do. I want him to show up right when Black Lightning is like, you know what? We've been trying this by ourselves. We really do need backup, and I know just the people to call and have him show up. Just coming back from Oa going, so this weird thing happened like six months ago. <laughs> right. And I've been, I have been on another fucking planet learning how to use this thing, but I'm here to help now. Uh, I think that would be, like, that would be a better place for him to debut than either on Supergirl, Batwoman, Flash, or Legends. Like, if he shows up on Black Lightning, 
Oh, mm, that would be perfect. <laughs> Dear Greg Berlante, please do that. <laughs> uh, but speaking of comic stuff. Yes. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about what's happening with Emerald City Comic Con before we get into what we're going to do for the rest of the show? Yeah. Only because this is like this is relevant to what's going on in the news with the COVID-19, a.k.a. the novel coronavirus that people are talking about. Um, because of the number of cases in Washington State and Seattle specifically, uh, Emerald City Comic Con has been very uh, proactive in communicating with people because – both artists and companies have been dropping, saying, yeah. nope, we're not going. Dark Horse, Oni, yeah. here locally, have both announced that they are not going. Um, oh, did Oni announce it today, too? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if it was today, but it's been announced that they are not going. Okay. I don't think any... I don't know if Image has decided they're not going, but like the other Portland publishers have decided they're not going. Um, right. As of this afternoon... Um, Emerald City Comic Con will be offering refunds. They do have what seems like a, a rather labyrinth refund procedure. Right. Yeah. Uh, since, as Lindsay was pointing out, they have not yet. There are people, you have to send back your ticket as part of this, and okay. there are people that have not yet received their tickets. Also, yeah. and there's a very tight uh, time frame on yeah. that. So people who are waiting on their tickets to send them back are going to end up missing the window. Yep. Uh, what a pain in the butt on that one. But, yeah. like, this is... Having run conventions, <laughs> this is one of those <laughs> things that you cannot plan for. No, uh-uh. Yeah, that's... I'm, I'm glad they're doing it. I mean, it sucks, yeah. but... I mean, it's the same thing that's happening on just like a, a national level. Yeah. Uh, I've already heard about people whose flights got canceled because uh, Milan is not allowing uh, international certain international flights to come in. Mm. So people are having to rethink vacations that they probably planned months and months ago. And sometimes some of that just non-refundable. Right. Um, DC canceled all their appearances for March. I know from a friend who works in more tech industries, Twitter, Facebook, and Intel have all backed out of South by Southwest. Oh, wow. So, okay. Who knows if that show is going to happen still? Yeah. I mean, big shows that are properly run have insurance, and that's kind of what they have it for, is to mm-hmm. weather this kind of stuff. Um, oh, man. Well, I found out today. Uh, so Qantas Air, basically for like a day or whatever, like grounded all their planes and issued special suits and masks and gloves to the ground crew, and they said, we are deep cleaning all of our planes. Um, I guess those employees, like, emailed other workers for, like, United and every other flight company, and they said, by the way, uh, Qantas did this for us. So other ground crews have been told in their companies, like, we're not doing shit until you provide this. Nice. Oof. Yeah. Which is smart. Yeah. You know. Uh, going back really quick, uh, Madame Xanadu is also Homo Magi, is what it was called. I see. Oh. I forgot yeah. that was his name. Yeah, Homo Magi. Hey. Nerds. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm. It sucks, but I am glad that this is becoming an option for attendees and guests in Emerald City. Um, I actually feel real bad for a lot of. I, I go a lot. I've never tabled at Emerald City. So Emerald City is not a money-making convention for me. It's more of a have-fun and networking convention. Sure. But 
like we all know a decent amount of people like doing conventions is a primary source of income for them. Yeah. And this close to a show, they've already paid for their product. Yeah. They're sitting on content. So, you know, if you see an artist is canceled, see if they have an online store. And if you were going to buy Prince original art from them at the show, like buy it from on their online store. I know a lot of creators are actually offering free shipping of like, please just help me move this stuff now. Yeah. Right. So <clears throat> um, I'll be curious to see if uh, if Emerald City doesn't, if they actually close down or not. Yeah. And I, I think that comes down to what insurance do they have, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it'll also come down to um, if Image backs out, they're going to have to think long and hard. And I think as much as this is a commentary on how comic creators are treated at shows, um, <laughs> if some high guest, high name celebrities cancel, yep, that's going to be like, well, okay, we're yeah. done. We're out. So, yeah. Uh, I know Mike Mignola just said he's not going to make it. He's not going to go... And a lot of them, it's like, I, I get it. I'm seeing some people that are posting about them not going and whatnot. Um, a lot of creators are not even, like, worried about them. They're like, I have a family member who's got an immunity issue or mm. yeah. I have a cold. I don't know what it is, so I don't want to risk exposing other people. It's not just people being paranoid for themselves, which is, you know, again, that's smart. I think a lot of these events need to just, like, it's going to hit us and it's going to hit the country pretty hard. So I think the safest way to be about it is these big gatherings. You just kind of have to, you know, let the year slide yeah. and just weather it out, you know, do everything else correctly, but not not help it. Mm-hmm. So anyway. <laughs> uh, well, on that fun note. On that fun note. <laughs> yes. Uh, today on the show, we've got a comic to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are finally going to have the conversation about the perception of uh, Birds of Prey, quote, being a box office bomb. And all of the myriad of issues surrounding that kind of language around a film that is 100% led by women. And, you know, yeah, well, we're going to get into that, which we might get into uh, get into it next. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, that we can take a break. We've been, we've been yammering on a little bit here. Yep. Uh, oh, do you have the songs picked? I do have songs picked. Ooh. You want some more? <laughs> Ready? Yeah, yeah, we'll okay. do it. We'll be right back. So help me. Me, me, me. Gaslighter, denier, doing anything to get your... In that segment of Geek in the City Radio brought to you by Bridge City Comics... They are one of Portland's greatest comic book shops. In fact, they were just voted PDX Parent Pick Best Comic Book Shop of 2020. So go down there and find out why. 3725 North Mississippi Avenue in Portland, Oregon, in the beautiful Mississippi District. Uh, it's getting to be um, it's getting to be reading comics outside type season, uh, which is kind of one of my favorite things to do. Is you get a couple of them, a couple of them floppies or a favorite trade. And you just plop outside, like in the park or on a bench or just leaning anywhere in the city and you enjoy uh, some comics in a town that is known for comics. So there it is. Check them out. Bridge City Comics, 3725 North Mississippi Avenue here in beautiful Portland, Oregon. And when you're there, thank them for being a longtime sponsor 
of Geek in the City Radio. And we're back. Sorry for that longer break for those who listen live. Oh. We went off on various horror tangents. Yeah, we did. As we do. Yeah. So, um, this segment, we teased it before, we are finally going to dive into uh, our um, review, thoughts, and general commentary on what is now uh, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. <laughs> it's what they should have called it from day one. I don't think it really hurt the movie, that's other title, but that's just title makes more sense. I mean, I guess, uh, it. Re- I think it really only matters if you're not already familiar with the DC Universe to know who the Birds of Prey are, but it is still largely about Harley, and she's yeah. not one of the Birds of Prey. She's not. That's why... Yeah. I mean, for a while, I really thought, because uh, Margot Robbie's attached to this movie also, I thought this is what Gotham City Sirens was going to be. That's apparently still in pre-production. So I was looking at uh, Robbie's um, IMDb page. In addition to Suicide Squad, she has two more announced pictures that where she's reprising the role of Harley Quinn. Gotham City Sirens is one of them, and an untitled Harley Quinn sequel. Right, because she's in James Gunn's Suicide Squad, yes. right? Is she the only one who came over? I believe so. I, I don't know. I haven't looked that one up. What I do know about that, were you the one that told me this? You may have been. So James Gunn, he pushed for this movie to get made. Yes. That was part well, of his... He was pushing specifically for whatever Marga was asking for for the movie. Right. He went to he went to Warner Brothers and said, "Yeah, do that. Yeah. Or yeah. I walk." Yeah, that was basically one of the ways he kind of yeah. Because she's been working on the script with him for that movie. Like mm-hmm. every time it's I don't I don't know how I feel about these interactions, and he will hand the script off to her. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, did you see the photo when James Gunn shared the photo of the entire cast? No. No. He sh- not in their os- costumes, but he shared a photo of all the actors and actresses plus their names. And then he just wrote a tagline, don't get attached to anybody. Oh. Because <laughs> it's Suicide yeah. Squad. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just really love that um, Margot Robbie got started on, like, planting the seeds for Birds of Prey, like, before sui- the Suicide Squad movie was even done mm-hmm. being filmed she's like mm, I don't let's let's do this a little better Psst. sidebar yeah let's do this I just I, I fucking mean, love that she's 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 really not afraid to just like put it out there she she felt like you know there were certain aspects of filming Suicide Squad that she was uncomfortable with so yeah. I, I'm just not at all surprised that she would have Early on, before they were even done, had started thinking about ways that she could do it better. I've I've been on projects like that where I was the newcomer and maybe I didn't really know everything about how it was be a project was being done, but I could still sit back and go, "You guys could be doing this better." I know yeah. I don't know I've never done this before, but right. objectively, you're you, you're borderline fucking it up, right? <laughs> or in this case, actually I mean. fucking it up. Yeah, although, I mean, one day, I don't think it's going to happen, but one day I really would like to see, um, like, his, the original Suicide Squad. One day I would love to see the film that David Ayer actually shot. Mm. 
because this was this okay. fi- this final cut was given to the same people who shot the trailer. Yes, because he turned in a movie that was a he turned in Suicide Squad. It's so like he turned in a dark suit. Like Suicide Squad is not meant to be like a bright peppy. It literally has the word suicide in the name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like literally, the deal of the comic is. If you pull this mission off, we're going to cut a few years off your sentence or you'll die. Yeah. But you won't be in prison longer either way. Like, that's the deal of that book. And up until some recent incarnations, like, it was also a really good way for DC to just clear out of them D and C grade villains. Just just like, just wipe them right out. Or if they're like, oh, we need a new, like, purple jaguar because we invented this. She's going to be the new purple jaguar. Well, we already have a purple jaguar. Put him in Suicide Squad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let's, let's take them out. Um, Sorry, I'm just and they're imagining not gonna... like this Marie Kondo-esque. Like... Totally. And I doubt <laughs> it's going to happen. Does it spark joy? Right. No. <laughs> then kill it. I mean, I doubt it's going to happen. I mean, who knows? But I would love it. And then we'll get into the hardy one. I would love it if somewhere in the new Suicide Squad, there is some kind of reference to Oracle. You don't ever have to see her, yes. but I would love—I would love to have this head pop up on the screen yes. and be like, "Harley, you need to calm down. I got to finish this mission." Okay, Oracle. I love Oracle. Yes, I would lose. Do that. I would just lose it if Oracle popped up. Anyway, so let's—we uh, don't really have to review the film. Um, it's been out for a while. Yeah, I think everyone in here really liked it. It seems like it was a lot of fun. It's so much fun. Um, I'm gonna go back and watch it a couple more times before it leaves theaters. I think. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's gonna come to my local neighborhood theater relatively soon, and I'll be checking it out more then. This is likely. Like I don't, I don't buy a lot of movies on DVD anymore. I'll be buying this one. I'm. You will be purchasing this one, especially because I bet you this is gonna have a lot of behind the scenes. Mainly because I want to see these performers all hanging out some more. Yeah. I want to see fight choreography. I want to hear interviews from the director and the writers and. Oh, the choreography was so, so much fun. So that was the same crew that did John Wick. Yep. Oh, yeah, you were mentioning that when yeah, we were they talking did, before. They did realize yeah. that the director was, I think, savvy enough to realize that she wasn't getting the action she wanted. Because if, if you're not trained to shoot action films, that's a whole other skill. So yeah. they're like, we know the people who did John Wick. <laughs> Get them. And it shows, you know. I, case in point... Uh, the most recent episode of Legends of Tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, is an homage to 90s um, Hong Kong action films. Oh, very I love specifically those. John Woo movies. Yes. They're having and a lot of fun this season. Th- they are. Because they just did the... Which, by the way, sidebar, the, flick. the killer is coming to the Hollywood, I believe. Oh, good. Oh. But the the, <laughs> the action sequences uh, in, are, are well done. The entire episode is directed by Katie Lotz. Oh, that's right. She's on Instagram talking about it. I don't know what was yeah. that. Yeah. That's the episode. Oh, mm-hmm. Sack just said Boomerang and Amanda Waller will come back as the same character. Actors, okay, good. Which is cool because they were both – they were good. Yes. I mean, Viola Davis is always great. and the, But the guy who played yeah. Captain Boomerang, Jack I, actually, Courtney. I actually liked him. I thought he did a good job. Which would make sense since he is referenced in Birds of Prey. Oh, yeah. When she's in the office, it's like, I know that guy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a good moment. Um, I giggled at that. <laughs> I giggled a lot in this movie. Oh, yeah. There was so much like, ah, look at that thing. So yeah. 
everyone in here likes the movie. Yes. And we have different yeah. reasons why, and I'm sure we can all expound deeply. But part of the conversation that we wanted to have is the fact that, like, I've got four reviews up here. Three of them are, are from men. One is from a woman. Guess which one is the good review? The one that actually reviews the movie on its merits. Ooh, ooh. The guy. No. I, I, <laughs> I would love to hear some of the highlights, though. Of the guys or the women's? Both. Oh, okay. Like, uh, from the New York Times, A.O. Scott talks about Bernie Sanders for half of the fucking review. Pretty and sure not the Bernie movie. wasn't in the movie. Unrelated. No, but he is referenced. Wildly unrelated. Yeah. It, it, it is actually related. She says, so-and-so trying to kill me because I voted for Bernie. <laughs> Be- uh, right, right, no, no. Which is sure. a funny I, line. I get that it's in the yes. movie, but mm-hmm. I mean, going on and on about Bernie... Is for, not the point, yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, you could just as easily have talked a bunch about breakfast sandwiches with I, equal, I if that. not better, validity yeah. in relation to the film. Yeah, I felt so seen the way she talked about those breakfast sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay, that scene with them, like... Cutting through it was oh, oh straight up porn. Yep, oh, so I felt gorgeous. her pain when it got ran over because I dropped a sandwich from Fried Egg. I'm in love once, and I was like, "No!" Oh. <laughs> yeah, the, I'm so hungry right now. The other review from yeah, Forbes just, magazine. This is from murder a sandwich. Right is now. neither a huge hit nor a big mom. Uh, oh, I read yeah. that one. It was, well, way oh. to way to start the conversation, yeah. Forbes. This is uh, um, Eric Kane and. Part of the it's the bad that he he's mentioning where it's like yeah this sh- still should have been PG thirteen it didn't need to be R like they just went too over the top it's like no, no they didn't it's like you would not say that if all of these characters were male you Absolutely. are saying it one hundred percent because they're all women and you don't <laughs> want them to be everything that they were on screen. They're talking dirty. I don't like it when women swear. It's not attractive. <laughs> Fuck you. Yep. Uh, whereas The fight. Verge, The Verge, Josh Rivers actually writes, it's like, no, this is DC's first good action movie. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, action. there's Wonder- a little bit, it's like, hey, it's a little convoluted here and there, but overall, he reviews it on well, the merits no, of the film, which is good. it's not convoluted. It is a story told via the narrative perspective of someone who is mentally unstable. It's yeah, not she cray. it's not a yeah. it's not a misfire on the on the part of the film or the storytelling. Mm-hmm. That's intentional. Yes. I got into that with somebody that was like the story made no sense and it bounced around I said that because we're seeing the story through Harley's eyes. It was on purpose. <laughs> she even says it's my story. I'm going to tell it in whatever order I fucking want to. Yeah, that, yeah. that's why we're... Put it right out there. So here's my here's my counter argument to any time anyone brings this up. Did you ever watch Snatch? Oh, yeah, I love Snatch. Then yeah. fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, really quick, I want to backtrack and just ask the room. Is anybody else tired of seeing headlines from Forbes magazine about pop culture? Yeah. Half, yes. Half in general, yeah. Don't yes. even really know that much about it. Right. It's like for a while they had a D and D column. I'm like, knock it off. Or they had a role playing column. I'm like, dude, go get the job at Wired like you really want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stay Stop. in your lane and tell me about you know. Yeah. If I want, if you want or something, if I want talk. pop culture discussions, I will look. I will go to Screen Rant. I will go right. to Ain't It Cool or whatever. Like, it's like, look, <laughs> Forbes. If you want to talk about the interesting financial and business impact sure. about how role-playing games are that's different but don't yeah. tell me about the cultural impact of D&D stop it no you're not you're not here to tell me about pop culture that's and, right and rant 
<laughs> well done, Bean. I approve of that rant. Yep. Yeah. Um, Let me hold your soapbox for you. I agree. Yeah, the, the, uh, the review from uh, Chrissy Lemire at uh, RogerEbert.com is very fav- favorable. Is also talks about the film on the merits of what it is. Um, name drops the director, the writer, and the cinematographer Hell yeah. as saying, no, they did exactly what they needed to do. Like, congratulated Yan on letting the action of the final climactic fight scene play out the way it did as opposed to going uh, overboard with quick cuts. And that's yes. true. That's There's a right. lot of long takes in that final fight Yes, scene. it is. Which, oh, yeah. you, which you needed. Well, like it just makes you, it so much more fluid yeah. and, and natural and, and less... When you also got yeah. the personality of every character yes. and how they fought. Harley yep. is a chaotic... Everyone also forgets she's a gymnast. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Renee, she's older... But she's Renee's just blunt force trauma. She was she's also a, pretty drunk during that. Scene, she's drunk, so, but yeah. she's just burned out cop who yeah. just punches and shoots she's her way through. She's got anger yeah. fueling everything. Yeah, that she's doing. Uh, Black Canary is essentially she's a brawler, but she's a trained brawler. Yeah. Yep. And even if you don't know a lot about her mother from the comics, it's even implied in the comic or in the movie. Yeah. It's flat. It's basically all but said. Your mom was part of the Justice Society, and yep. And Diana's like, yeah, and she died because of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but. That's implied that she receives some training. Mm-hmm. Helena is just focused rage. Yeah. And is also a trained assassin. Yeah. yeah. She, she has a like very she spent her entire life. life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, every one of Helena's shots is a kill shot. Every one of Harley's is, a, I'm just going to bash you. And if you get up again, I'm going to bash you again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That, that's always the funny thing. Like, I've had conversations about that. It's like, oh, yeah, Harley Quinn, it, like, Har- Harley Quinn is a gymnast. It's like, well, that, how does that jive with. You know, her being a doctor of psychology, it's like... She can be both. How do you think she paid for college? Right. <laughs> she was. She went to college on a gymnastics scholarship. Yeah. She, and that stops people like... Her parents sure as fuck wait, didn't what? pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... She's not... Yeah. Like oh, that it's reminds a, me. How canonical is the backstory of herself that she gives at the beginning? Pretty spot on. Yeah. yeah. Well, yep. I never really knew that much about her backstory aside from... And I you think know, used to be a doctor. And yeah. it's in the credits. Paul Dini did help write it. That I'm guaranteed yeah. that came from him. Yeah. He's Paul like, D- if you're gonna write, if you're gonna write Harley, you're gonna at least give her her comic background. That's right. So, uh, yeah, Dini's the one that created the character, and part of her backstory that he created was that she, she didn't really come. I think she came from a broken home, but it wasn't as severe as depicted in the movie. He's written before that it's a pretty like. Is it th- one of the reasons why she falls for Joker so quickly? is she kind of has that Stockholm syndrome to the moment. Like, she recognizes the abusive power figure and part of her, even though he's written before, even though she acknowledges that it's not healthy, it feels feels weirdly comfortable to her because she grew up in it. Yeah, Yeah, that's... Which is, in the comics, one of the things that Poison Ivy is always trying to kind of, like, you have to stop doing that. I very much want, like, a road trip movie with her and Poison Ivy. I think we're going to get it eventually. Yep. it's my dream. That that Cat might woman. be yeah. that might be Gotham City Sirens. That's what it is. It's look as long as the subhead is be gay do crimes. I'm in. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I. Um, yeah. I'm gonna. Really Sorry. Did I just no no no. no I, like <laughs> think where to go. I mean, this movie has like produced so much thought in in, in me yeah. that. 
I struggle to get any bit of it out because yeah. I, it, it's all competing for the same space. Yeah. Um, well, and then one of the things we can talk about is that it was basically within its first week, it was declared a flop, which it wasn't. It did like 35 domestic. Globally, it did like – it almost made its money back globally on week one. It yeah. took that maybe, is correct. It took about 10 days to get there. Yes, I know there's marketing money, but it's, it's gross budget. Within 10 days, it made it. So – and we can go into this too, but I have all of those numbers, by the way. Oh yeah, cable took notes. Yeah, yeah. So, average the average marketing budget for any movie it seems to be about thirty five point nine million. And as Aaron was saying before the show or in between, it's usually whatever your budget is, your estimated budget is half of that. You you take half of that, and that is also what you're doing marketing wise on top of that. Um. If if you're a tentpole, then you're doing the exact. If the movie costs a hundred million to make, then you spend another hundred million to promote, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Which means you immediately have to make two hundred million just to make your money back. Yeah, it's crazy how it works. So, yeah, the opening bo- the budget for Birds of Prey is estimated at uh, eighty four point five million dollars. Um. And so what it made back in its opening weekend was 39% of that. Um, to date, it is now at 224% of what it made or what it cost to make the movie. Yeah. It is now at $188.9 million. So here's my – the biggest thing I threw back – because, I, you know, I did the thing you shouldn't do on Twitter. I began to argue with people. <laughs> and my biggest – and our friend uh, Martin Vavra was, like, right in my corner for this one also because he was getting all angry too. Um so it has so Birds of Prey has a very similar budget, in fact, a little bit less than Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, which okay. I also liked. It's a good movie, even if you're which not. Which I want to watch. If actually. you're not into race car, it's it's a good movie. It's well made. Zero interest. I probably won't go see it. <laughs> if you see, it'd be one of those things that if you see it on home, on Netflix, you'll be like, all right. Yeah, I mean, it is well made. It's I'll very well made. I might. Um, so on its opening, so it had a budget of ninety-seven million, roughly. Okay. On, on its opening week, it brought in $41 million. So roughly the same box office to budget ratio as Harley Quinn. Sure. Right. It yeah. was hailed a triumph and a box office success. See? Yeah. Literally is doing the same numbers as Harley Quinn. It is in as many theaters. And like, Here's the thing. So it's global right now, as of today, is just over $225 million. Harley Quinn's going to hit that. But Ford versus Ferrari came out November 15th of last year. Yep. In time for Oscar contention. Yeah, of course. So it's taken damn near six months to do what Harley has done in about a month and a week. Yeah. I mean, and they released Harley Quinn in the beginning of February, which for those who don't know how, like, movie shit works... Traditionally, that's where studios drop movies to die. When the studio doesn't believe in a movie, they drop it in January or February. Yep. It's the dead zone for movies. The only other month that's worse, that's as bad, is October if you're not a horror film. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they released it during Let's Kill the Movie timeline, and it still did this. Yep. It's not a failure at all by any stretch of the imagination. But it goes back to that, and I realize I'm like uh, the guy doing all the talking right now, but it goes back to that thing that any movie starring a person of color or a woman has to basically be 
a perfect grand slam every single time. Can can I talk about a movie that has the same rating on or yeah, same star rating on IMDb and has almost identical percentages? Uh like opening weekend they did 31% of their estimated budget. Um their cumulative worldwide gross ended up being 219 of their estimated budget. That's fucking the Justice League. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it cost $300 million to make. Yeah, that's crazy. But that was not a failure. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was. <laughs> well, yes, it was. I, mean, I didn't go see it. <laughs> I, I feel as the 6.4 rating is a little high. Whereas Birds of Prey's 6.6 rating on IMDb is a little low. <laughs> yeah. She was. Wonder mm. why. I mean, Justice League had moments that I liked, but sure. Like by those metrics, Suicide Squad did better. They made back seventy six percent of their estimated budget opening week, and made four hundred twenty seven percent of their budget back overall. And it cost half as much to make as Justice League, almost. Yeah. Yeah i I don't I don't know. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated with dudes that review movies and <laughs> attitudes about this. Yeah, there's um Here we go. I know um I know no one at this table probably gives a shit about Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, does anyone and anywhere give a shit about Rotten Clearly Tomatoes? people someone do. Must. Someone is giving these numbers. I mean, right? I I used to enjoy visiting it, but ever since trolls kind of learned how to game the system, I I just don't really care. I've never paid attention to it, and I never will. Yeah, it's I not don't something care. I would I, hold any. Part of it is I used However, to do. I used to do reviews for radio, sure. so I had to. I had yeah. to know this shit. I, I did want to look up the numbers just to compare. Uh, the tomato meter for uh, <laughs> Birds of Prey is seventy eight percent, and audience score is also seventy eight percent. There's verified ratings, whatever that means. Um, meanwhile, that would be called the seven point eight on a ten point scale. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Suicide Squad, the first, the I don't know why I said that, uh, 27% on the tomato meter and 59% audience score, which instead of a normal bu- a bucket of popcorn gives a sad turnt over bucket of popcorn, t- I guess, to in- in- in indicate sadness levels. Right, right. As an aside, I've always pronounced that as tomometer in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was. That's how I say it too. Uh, tomato. No, there's, there's an extra toe in there. Tomato meter. Nothing worse. Tomato. Tomato. I've tomato. never thought about it until this moment. <laughs> Tomometer would be better. Tomometer. Anyway. There you go. Website that I don't care about. <laughs> I guess now I'm curious what jo- how, what they have for Joker. Oh, Just it was compare. it was a critical darling, and I don't know why. Yeah. I still have not watched it and still don't really care to. Yeah, I don't feel like Same. I'm missing much. I I might watch it someday if it's available for free on streaming, but I I just have zero desire. Just watch to King of Comedy. And that, I don't even know that I feel the need to see that. Yeah. Eight, oh, 88 yeah. score. Th- that's another thing that a lot of the reviews from the men all commented on. Mm. In fact, all three of the reviews that I have all comment on the absence of the Joker 
and not even having him have any screen time. I it's love in that. The title. It's in the fucking title. Oh my Which god. Which is you're just being willful. I actually the woman who reviews it never that. mentions the fucking Joker once. The Wait, Joker no. is the worst fucking part of Suicide Squad. So if you're going to reprise mm-hmm. that actress as that character, why would you reincorporate the shittiest part of the other movie they were in? I actually wrote myself a little note about this to talk about it because I was so excited that uh, the Joker was played by Sir not appearing in this film. Um, <laughs> because it, I thought that it was really important, like, narratively, because uh, Harley's obsessive and like codependent attachment to him if he was in the film at all it would be all over for her mm-hmm. so to just like cut it all out it really does give her that clean break that ability to just go off this is all we're doing we're gonna go on harley's yeah. journey yeah we she, are done it, it, we it don't is, need him yeah it is her literal emancipation she mm-hmm. cuts himself off from him and goes and does something awesome to forget that sad asshole also, i'm real tired of him they're just so tired of him yeah. I love the Joker as a character, and even I don't want him around for a while. Yeah. Um, well, I, don't, I definitely don't want that Joker no. around. It's interesting. There's actually a scene that was really poignant with me when I saw it. The second time I saw saw the film. Easy there. And it's the first time... Aw. Well, give her some drippings. No, that's okay. Give her some canned drippings. There's no... It's, drippings. No one's drank from it, so it's just it's beer. True. There's no backwash. It's true. So it's the moment when Harley and Dinah actually... You know they've seen each other because they've both been in that bar, but it's the time when they actually talk. (laughs) You're that singer no one listens to. (laughs) Yeah, but it's that moment when... You're that asshole that no one likes. Harley has that drink, and she's clearly drunk, but it's sad drunk time. It's not Mm -hmm. party drunk time. And she doesn't really look at Dinah, but she says, do you know what a Harley Quinn is? Like, historically, do you know what they are? They can't exist without the person to like inspire or make them they're not real they're servants they're servants and it's that moment of like where like Harley's realizing like I have been a punching bag my whole life but she's also coming to terms but she's also coming to terms with the freaky codependence of the fact that when you're the Joker's girl no one is gonna fuck with you and how long do you want that protection even though you hate what it is yeah you know, there there was a lot of like really poignant little character moments in that film that don't get overshadowed by the action. Well, maybe a little bit because the action's so cool and the and the comedy's very fun. That those real personal moments when you feel them click, you're like, oh, this movie got real emotional. Really, and then jokes are back. You know, I thought yep. it was just really well rounded. Like those those emotional moments almost gave you a time to like breathe and give you a reason to give a shit that that they're kicking ass. Yeah. And not to shift a little bit away from all the amazing women in the film, we talk about how fucking terrifying Ewan McGregor is in that movie. Uh, yes. He's deeply unsettling as Black Mask. Mm-hmm. He's appropriately terrifying as Black Mask, but uh, not being Black Mask, being being Roman... Yeah. Sionis. Sionis. Um, so he's like this caricature of every toxic, rich white boy that... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I actually used to work uh, briefly as a club promoter <laughs> and like he is all of the <laughs> shitty assholes that I had to appease and dodge and navigate. Uh, he made my skin crawl at every moment that he was on screen. Um, like this like gross, oh my God, my dad totally owns a dealership because you know he's that guy. Oh yeah. Uh. Like 
you know, the word no at best means convince me. Just, oh, everything about him was absolutely disgusting. And yeah. I think he was a really appropriate villain for this movie. He was, and, and McGregor just sells it. Yes, he does. Yeah. I mean, he just, and his relationship with Zaz, the guy who plays Zaz is, Zaz for, is I think this is the third time they've put Victor Zaz in a movie. And it's the first time I ever actually believed that that was Victor Zaz. Oh, yeah. This is the first time I gave a shit about that. Yeah. I had no idea who he was, but I, I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed. I like that actor already. Yeah, in the comics, yeah. he's he's fucked up. Yeah, I, I he's in the in the movie. He's very close to how he is in the comics. Yeah, yeah. That's what I. That's what I was led to understand after watching it. And yet, he he's less interesting to me than the Zaz that is on Gotham. Oh, I hadn't watched any of it. The best Zaz is the animated series. As is I, the best almost everything. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with that. I still think that the actor that plays Zaz on Gotham is the best right. Zaz. I'll give it a chance. He's, so he's not. No, no. <laughs> he, he's not at all like the one from Birds of Prey. But he, the actor basically does the same thing with Zaz that everybody else on Gotham did with their villain characters, mm-hmm. which was like, oh, we're supposed to go over the top. Gotcha. Done, one hundred percent. You you want you want to save one hundred and twenty percent all the time? Done. <laughs> we have to keep up with Robin Lloyd Taylor doing the best Penguin since Danny DeVito. You got it. <laughs> Done. We have to keep up with Jada Pinkett Fit Smith as Fish Mooney. Done. Zach just said nobody who likes Jared Leto's Joker is a good person. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that I, is I read correct. That earlier, and I one hundred percent agree with yeah. that. Uh, the one comment I don't understand is the comparison of the movie Parasite to Joker. To the movie Maybe Joker? Maybe because I haven't seen Joker, I haven't, but... I haven't yeah. seen Parasite or Joker, so... Parasite oh. is fucking wonderful. Parasite's amazing. I know. I yeah. haven't seen it. So good. I, I have to soon, otherwise they're going to take away my Asian card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how did... um? Did you ever end up watching Crazy Rich Asians? I did. It's fun I times, did. huh? It's fun. Yeah, I, it I, is. It's an enjoyable film. Um, it doesn't quite have the same teeth that the book has. Mm, I would be interested to read the book. Mm-mm. You want I to borrow them to you? Well, we're, uh, well, but put Jen a has all that, three of them. Put okay. a pin in that because I'm on some white people shit right now. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, I just finished up some books, so let's chat later. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Zaz was definitely the right amount of creepy for... Yeah, I, I to I, be paired with, like he was the um, actual threat dude bro that's always friends with the leader of the frat. Yeah, I dude yeah. bro. I dealt with those guys too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they said that basically Ewan's portrayal of of Roman Sionis is like, no, we just we just made entitled white toxic masculinity into a character. Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's, that's but he also like can we just say again like Ewan's actually got some pretty good comedic timing. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you're not supposed to laugh because it's a dark scene when that poor little girl who's hung up like lets a snot bubble on him and is all like ew ew <laughs> like that he's disgusted. I was like yeah, I shouldn't be giggling funny. at this because I know it's gonna be bad. But just the way he goes ew and he like backs away is yep. is really nice. Um, going back to the money thing for a little bit. Um, one of the things that I keep seeing is that um, well, they like they talk about the budget and how it wasn't that much to begin with, but then there there's also well you have to factor in for all the marketing, right? 
I would venture to guess that if if you looked at the numbers, they spent way more money uh, marketing uh, Suicide Squad. Oh, way they more. They fucking marketed Literally. that shit hard. And then all the music Yeah, that's. I it, swear to God, half of Suicide Squad's budget was that soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I just don't understand. And yet I've been bumping the Birds of Prey soundtrack. For I was going to say, it's fun. <laughs> the Birds of Prey soundtrack. Go on. Like, oh, they yeah. spent those some money you, there too. Those I'm, of you in the live chat are going to get to hear that on the next break. I'm kind of hoping yeah. like Mondo or Waxwork does a real artsy vinyl version, like Ooh. they did with Josie and the Pussycats and oh. the Sabrina vinyl. I'll wait for you I, to buy that. I, <laughs> no, I will totally. I was already googling like Birds of Prey vinyl. Like, oh, Tell no, you what, yet. not to Google though. Just the word Harlequin. No. Uh, there's, no. there's the clown, and then there's some sort of a medical condition that I don't even want to. Oh look. yeah, don't look at that. Don't one. Yeah, look don't, at that. Don't look at that. Don't do that one. Don't. Uh, oh, Cable's yeah. just like looking. Yeah. Just the thumbnails. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. That's enough. That's enough. Yeah. If if uh, if you, if you need to know what a harlequin, the definition oh. of harlequin. The, Look at an it's old time dictionary. This this is how I always define things like that. If you would like to know in advance what your nightmares are going to be, <laughs> right. go ahead and go ahead and so, take a look at that. Yeah, a little I'm nerdy have to go thing. Go home and watch Adventure Time after this. Yeah, I all that shit gives me nightmares. What? Jesus Adventure Christ! Time? What? Oh. Okay, fine. Let me. Re- how about uh, right. Steven Universe? I've never watched any Steven Universe. Steven Universe. Steven Universe feels like a good palate cleanser. I feel like you would enjoy some Steven Universe. Yes, I, I, I love, agree with that. I would love for you to see it and and like tell me how you feel All about right. it. So a little, there was a we rumor a about Birds of Prey, and the director and writer of Never Flat Out said no because you don't really see her a whole lot. Yeah. But uh, Ali Wong, the woman who plays Renee's girlfriend, I yes. loved her. So there was apparently at one time, and I don't know if it's true or not. I want it to be true. That there was going to be a tiny little hint that she was not, that she wasn't actually a Gotham DA. That she was, but that was basically what she was acting as. That she was Lady Shiva keeping an eye on the gang war. Holy shit. But I mean, like, you still, she, even as an 88, I you want Ali Wong to, to be Lady really Shiva so bad. Knowledge. What was that mean? You have to have a lot Sorry. of legal knowledge to even just pass as an ADA. Not if you're one of the world's greatest assassins. I don't know. I've met some ADAs she lately. Could, they are. The I'm way, sure you do know ADAs. Huh? I mean, nothing. The way, <laughs> the way Lady Shiva is written in the comics, she could totally create a fake everything and get right it. Okay. That's her. And then and then pass. Like have yeah. Knowledge. Lady Shiva in the comics, as a rule, Lady Shiva is the only other hand to hand combatant that can end a fight with Batman on a draw. Also, like I, they just stop fighting. They're I like, like we're not going to beat each other. <laughs> You know. And like, I'm the only person who focused on the fact that someone pretending to be an ADA is unrealistic. Everyone else is just excited about whoever Lady Shiva is. Lady Shiva is awesome. She's really cool. I've never even heard of Lady Shiva. Oh, she's cool. She, 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 sounds, cool. she sounds badass. But also, yeah. She's I also mean, why Tim Drake's the best Robin, because she trained him. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nerds. <laughs> Whatever, you hang out with us. Can we talk more about Renee Montoya? Heck yeah. yeah. We talked about how I when was, they first cast Rosie Perez, I was like, was what? She, was she in the trailer? Because I don't remember ha- having knowledge of that fact at all. And then she's on screen, and I'm like, what, um, what is she doing here? She was in that, like, she didn't she have a big She's not in the role. trailers. She's yeah. in group shots. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, but she's not as featured as the others. No. She, she's not mm. She's not the shiny kind. She's, she's also. The there kind. I think to the average <laughs> moviegoer. Yeah. Mm. Is the least known character of the birds, apart from maybe Cassandra Kane, and they don't actually say Cassandra Kane in the trailers either. Yeah, 
they show you the Black Canary, they show you the Huntress, and they show you Harley, and they show you Black Mask. Those are all characters that people have kind of heard about, even if you only know the animated series or the comics in passing. Mm-hmm. We uh, all love Renee, but she's, you know. Harley and Black Canary, I think that Renee Montoya was the only other character I really recognized. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to think. I, I don't really... I don't really know much about Cassandra Cain <sighs> as a character. I love Cassandra Cain. Cassandra Cain was a bat girl. Ah. Yeah. And I think now she's Black Bat. Yes. She's the bat. Yes. She's basically the bat of Tokyo. Yep. Right? Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Hong Kong? I don't know where she's stationed. She's the bat of somewhere Because Tokyo is the man of bats. Basically, it's the, it's the Power Ranger. It's cool, but. Yeah. I think it might be Hong Kong. Because she's not, she's Chinese. She's not Japanese, right? Or half. I always thought she was Vietnamese. You might be right. I'm trying to remember. I don't so have a position on this. In the, so being when they first introduce her in the comic, mm-hmm. she's actually mute from a, like a mental programming by her dad, who's just a right bastard. Yes. To um, focus on the physical. Yeah. So movement. she only communicates through physical language also not just like sign language like the way she moves her body and stuff like that yeah and it became a really interesting way to read a comic with a character who who cut who does not speak and the way they had her still communicate and still like really like had some emotional depth come through her character who couldn't ever talk mm. did you know that, did you notice in the the movie uh that uh, montoya then asks her if she could speak uh-huh <laughs> yeah yeah, I'm not finding anything about her nationality or ethnicity. That's because they stopped it. Well, she's Asian. I think in the comic, I think you're right, Cable. Mm-hmm. I think she is Vietnamese or half Vietnamese because her dad's like a hella white dude. It's he's Kane. Yeah, it, like, it, and it feels like it was w- war related. Yeah. And her age at the time would have been associated with. Well, a, a child from And it wasn't for, like, creepy bad reasons. Like, mom and dad loved each other. It wasn't a... Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, the actress, Ella J. Basco, uh, her mother is Korean and her father is Filipino. So I'm going to assume... I would like to assume, just because these days uh, cast uh, casting directors do a better job of hiring for the correct ethnicity rather than just going okay well you look Asian that's good enough um, so I'm going to guess that the Cassandra Cain character is probably either Korean or Filipino I'd like I, to think I, to rem- I don't no, I, I honestly do believe that she's supposed to have been Vietnamese hmm. um, although she's also de- again this gets into comics going oh they're Asian so you do this this and this check mm. these boxes it's like right. that that is mainland China <laughs> or Japan or South Korean. Pale Asians with specific features are those Asians. Like if they're from Vietnam, that's a lot darker skinned Asian. Um, I think uh, oh, Ali right. Wong actually puts it best. She's like, I'm, I'm half 
Taiwanese and half Chinese. My husband is half Japanese, half Filipino. We're both half fancy Asian and half jungle Asian. (laughs) I forgot about that. Okay, so I forgot. (laughs) I love Ali Wong. Lady Shiva's her mom. I can't decide if I. I oh talk. right! In the comic, it's it's okay. Because I just learned that it was when Kane and Shiva were okay. both members of the League of Assassins. They actually fall in love, and Shiva's like, "Well, I am not raising a child." Huh. I mean, she got shit to do <laughs> though. I couldn't decide if I wished there had been um, more humorous stuff for Ali Wong's character, or if I liked her kind of playing it more straight. I liked her playing it straight. Yeah, for mm-hmm. a change. It's not something I'd, I've seen a lot of. Right. So. I did not know she was in the movie. Like when she you showed up, I was. I'm like, <gasps> surprise, Ali Wong! I let out a squeak. Yeah. yeah. Also, can we just laugh and how wonderful it was for how long they made Rosie Perez wear that? I shaved my balls for this shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that was a definite. I highlight. thought it was only going to be for one scene. Not. For, she's like in that shirt for like half the fucking movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, that was another fun part. Is that the. Um, the movie actually takes place over a very limited amount of time. Like, like what, two days? If that. 36 it's hours. inside of a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone turned in a great role. I I mean, there's a... For me, from like a... Even though I was talking about like, you shouldn't complain about the story. There, There's some parts in the middle where it gets a little muddled. I'm like, oh, you could have tightened this. You could have tightened that. But I had a lot of fun in this film. Yeah. And I appreciated just, um, and I, you know, I'm not the only one. I think there's like a lot of think pieces and stuff on it, but just the, uh, the being shot, not specifically for the, the, the het male eye, you know, like the camera being centered on their faces and not their tits. Yeah. We even, um, their outfits, their outfits, uh, Harley's, uh, you know, costume design was sexy, but like for her and not for someone else like yeah right some what a woman like look her costume in birds of prey doesn't like her boobs were mounted on top of her rib cage yeah <laughs> yeah she's like i feel good and that's that's what she was getting at um also just another costume thing that i, I noticed is that uh so she traded in the daddy's little monster t-shirt for a shirt that literally just says her own harley name fucking harley quinn. fucking quinn and yes. i just loved that as a moment um also, the hair tie thing was to say, great. Since I grew up with long hair, I think I was the only dude in the theater that went, <laughs> yeah, at that scene with all the other women in the theater. Yeah. Wait, which scene? The hair tie scene. The hair yeah. tie. Oh, During yeah, the fight. Yeah. Hair tie. Hair tie. I think I yeah. might have enjoyed it more if I hadn't already seen it on the internet first. <laughs> yeah. It's like that um, scene in one of the Justice League comics when Wonder Woman's putting a scrunchie yes. on and Batman says, oh, you guys are screwed. She's putting on a scrunchie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I pretty I sure I've used hearing... that as a reaction gif in something yeah. before. Uh, I I remember hearing that, uh, that about the movie too, where Margot Robbie had actually been uncomfortable with some of the costumes from Suicide Squad, and so obvious changes were made. For do you mean the Margot. one costume that she got to wear? Did she really only wear the one? Which is yeah. just booty shorts and a too tight shirt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tiny Which tiny. She tiny has crop to top. make it look like she chose. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes. She's very excited about that as a concept. Yeah. Uh, I just liked the shift between Daddy's Little Monster to Harley fucking Quinn. Yep. Yeah. I, I hadn't really thought Hell about yeah. that. I did enjoy her shirt, but yeah. I had not really thought about what a what a juxtapose it is. Yeah. And it was like a shirt she could move in mm-hmm. and fit her appropriate. It was appropriately sized and 
that entire. Let me be real honest. I want that shirt. The the. <laughs> Her assault on the Gotham City Police Precinct was so fucking good. amazing. So much fun. Uh, I could have just had like 40 more minutes <clears> of that. Yep. <laughs> just hardly doing damage in a police station. Mm-hmm. I kind of love them making fun of Huntress's hand crossbow. They're like with your little your bow and arrow thing. It's, it's a, a crossbow. It's a crossbow. <laughs> I'm, not the, I'm not the crossbow killer. Like Huntress. I'm Huntress. They're like... Okay. I love that she never got to say her own name. It's like, yeah. I am, you're after, Helena Bertinelli. Fuck. After yes. all the practicing she did. I know, she never once got to say her own name. I do love at the end, too, when they're like, and the other ladies, they have formed a team. They're called the Birds of Prey, which I think is fucking stupid, but if they like it. goody <laughs> <laughs> And they all yeah. have masks at the end. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the birds do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was just, I thought it was really smart. I, I thought it was very well done. And I feel like it's one of those films that, for better or worse, is going to have, like, that weird retrospective a decade from now. Like, the same way we all talk about Josie and the Pussycats now mm-hmm. is how I people are going to talk about Harley Quinn. It's so much fun. Or how people are going to talk about Harley Quinn in, like, five to ten years. Yeah, like birth, death, birth movies, death are gonna do like a like ten thousand word article. Take us that long to to figure it out this time. You probably you might be right because partially also a culture is so much faster now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to add to people's homework since I I watched this a couple of days before watching Birds of Prey because I'm like, oh, I have access to this. I think I'm gonna watch it because I think it's gonna be relevant to this whole thing. Um. Watch the new Charlie's Angels. Oh, I, I didn't mean. But to that do just that. came and went, huh? It did. It did. It, came, it went super fast. Yeah. It it has also made 150 percent of its estimated budget. Um. But it's written and directed by oh god damn it why am I blanking on her name Elizabeth Banks Elizabeth Banks yeah. Who um, I love. This actually made. Marks itself as the first movie that I have ever seen Kristen Stewart in, hmm. and I absolutely one hundred percent do not understand the hate. Bean. Well, you if you've never seen Twilight, also she bitch won't close her mouth. <laughs> that's, <sighs> that's that's not. True. I'm, I'm just holding out on. I that did one. see that. What was that movie she just did? Underwater is not good. I I didn't think that one was going to be good, but I do want to see the one where she plays Gene Seberg. Yeah. Yeah, but the underwater one, I'm like, oh, this is... I saw the riff tracks of Twilight. (laughs) I'm I'm never watching Twilight. There's no point for me to watch it. Mm. I don't... The riff tracks was fun, but... um, (laughs) I don't like those things either. Yeah, Yeah, I do. Oh, man. I think they've ruined modern movie movie going, or did for a long time. Yeah. Where everyone thinks they're as funny as the people on Riff Tracks oh, or MST3K, no. right? No, but but explaining that to people is really hard. Okay, so let's see here. Um, but Charlie's Angels is worth watching because it, it's almost a prototype of what Birds of the Prey ended right. up being, and it, its budget, like. The amount that they spent on Charlie's Angels is incredibly low, considering they had multiple locations yeah. across the globe. That's I forgot that he was in it. So when I was watching Harley Quinn, the 
ba- the basically the triad gang leader. Mm. The whole time I'm watching, I'm like, I know him, I know him, I know him, and it's Jules Pierre Mao from The Expanse. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was like, right, where do I know him from? Okay, so Kristen Stewart movies. I've seen two: Twilight, Against My Will, and Snow White and the Huntsman. I don't know why. Um, and I hated her in both of those. I am willing to admit that they were terrible movies, and it's not her fault. Mm-hmm. But it clearly has let. And she was she was two for two on disappointing, and I blame her. Um, I'm willing to admit that I'm wrong, but I I have to get around to. Have, like, developing the will to see a movie that she is in to give it the chance to be good and it, me enjoy it before she's I a, will un-dislike her. She's really good in Lizzie. 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 Mm. It's the version of Lizzie, Bord- uh, um, Lizzie Bourdain. Lizzie Borden? Lizzie Borden. Borden. <laughs> Lizzie Bourdain. That's a weird cooking murder mashup show. <laughs> uh, yeah. I would watch no that. No headings. I'd watch that. <laughs> no. And she's been in a lot of other stuff, but most of it I've never even heard of. Which is not promising in my mind. Well, largely it's because she takes, she does a lot of art films. The same thing Robert Pattinson did. They both wanted to get the fuck away from vampires yeah. and werewolves. But here's the thing is, like, I, you, don't, you don't know if it's an art film or just a cheap, independent, you know, crappy movie until you've seen it. K-11? What is K-11? It doesn't, it looks like a shitty horror movie. But she only plays a voice. Ah, oh, I guess you've seen that one. No, uh, it says in IMDb, Ray's secretary, voice. Oh, I'm looking at that. Not going to lie, I wanted to like Snow White and the Huntsman so bad. Yeah. Because it's everything that's my jam. It's like a retelling of a fairy tale with like, I don't know, a hem- and a Hemsworth. I wanted to <laughs> like it. I didn't <laughs> hate it, but I, I sure wasn't that excited I, about I it. I thought it was it's, in the way that I wanted it to be good. I don't know. I, I'm with you, Lindsay. I didn't yeah. hate it. But I felt the same way like after I watched The Brothers Grimm, which I watched again a few months ago, and I'm like, it's still not good. But like part of me is like, but every time I watch it, I'm like, maybe this time, maybe this time it'll be good. Maybe I'm in a different mind. No. Like Hansel and Gretel, like any of those. I feel like we've been, we've struck out on a lot of those. Remember when The Asylum tried to do the fairy tale Avengers movie? It, It was on Netflix for a long time. It was literally, it was like Hansel and Gretel. Snow White, like it was like all the classic. It was like someone read a lot of like shitty Zenoscope comics, which I realize is a redundant <laughs> phrase. <laughs> That's okay. Don't ever want to write for them anyway. Um, and said like, let's make this a movie. Was <laughs> only wrong. Like on paper, I love the idea of you know the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but with fairy tale characters. Yes. Which is basically just fables. I yeah. love fables. Yeah. Oh, good God. Lizzie also has Chloe Sevigny. Yeah, so in case you're wondering, fuck. it's a weird movie. It's filled, yeah. with a, it's filled with a lot of this, Cable. Uh, oh. Mm. <laughs> oh, I was just in here arranging matches. Oh. Oh, I, oh. Y'all should in. see the faces he's making, though. There, but there's a, there's a lot of like, oh, our top button's undone. Mm. Oh, my. Oh. Mm. <laughs> and then walking by each other really close and going... I can't and imagine see, that it's any... See, I, I just watched the trailer for uh, Portrait of a Girl on Fire, and that already... Fe- I was more riveted by that trailer than I am by you describing this movie. Sure. And I don't yeah. mean to say you're describing it shittily. I'm just no, saying, but it's, it's, I'm saying it sounds terrible. Uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire is a much better film. Have, With, you, have you already seen it? Yeah. Is it out yet? I didn't realize it was already out. Yeah. I just saw the trailer. 
Yeah, I haven't seen most of these movies it was, that Kristen yeah. Stewart's in. I saw American Ultra. She was kind of fun in that. Yeah. Well, she, she and I looked through it and was like, oh. there are a couple movies on here I may have seen when they would have came out, but I know that I didn't. Like Zarutha? Uh, she wasn't bad as Joan Jett in The Runaways. That one I had meant to see, and I never did. Mm. Not a very good movie, but oh, she was good. Oh, Zathura? Is that, I think Zathura, maybe, yeah. is that what you were trying to say? Yeah. Which is Jumanji in space. Yeah. I... We got to take a break. And Panic Room. I never saw Panic Room. We're going to take a break, and we'll yep. talk about um, maybe someday doing some sort of a Kristen Stewart marathon. And just like just, just hash it out. Just Find like, the numbers. Is yep. good? Is she her. bad? What's the deal? Okay. She's funny in Charlie's <laughs> Angels. I mean, I think... Well, Charlie's, Charlie's Angels looks like a funny movie. I think times. Twilight is not a good um, movie series to judge anybody on. This is true. That's true. Except probably Taylor Lautner. <laughs> I don't know which one that is. <laughs> He's the werewolf? Yes. Is that Yes, oh, he is. Okay. <laughs> Jacob? I don't know. Jacob? He's the one that runs around with his shirt off the f- whole fucking time. Yeah, that's Jacob. <laughs> okay. Well, mm. we'll be right back. <laughs> this is a man's That discussion was brought to you by Guardian Games. They are our longest sponsor. Find them at 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. Um, so we're only talking about like the role-playing games or the various deck builder or collectible card games or dice games or miniatures, like all the big fancy new trendy games that all us nerds love and stuff like that. But what if you're like, you know what, I just want like some checkers or, you know, chess or like my grandma really got into Mahjong and, you know, I don't want to go to Target for that stuff because it's just crap. I don't want to Target. Well, good news. Ever since their earliest days, Guardian Games has also always carried the traditional stuff, you know, not as flashy, not as exciting, doesn't come with little meeples, but they will always have a fantastic selection of chess boards and pieces, uh, poker chips and regular cards, or fancy pretty cards, whatever you want, checkers, uh, mahjong sets, I've seen it all there, cribbage boards, so you know what, even though they have all the, the new hotness, as the kids used to say 15 years ago, dating myself, but, um, you know, they've got the classics, too. And sometimes it's sometimes all you want to do is sit down to, like, a game of backgammon or chess and, uh, you know, pretend you're feeding the pigeons while uh, sipping a, a strong uh, Italian espresso and looking all classy as you, you know, castle or pawn jump, you know, or whatever, tap the king something. Anyway, you can do that at Guardian Games, so check them out. 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Guardian Games. And we're back. I need I'm to such buy a this suck. I'm such a sucker for any version of this song. Oh, I this need to buy this song. I'm, I'm a sucker for this style of covers of yeah. existing songs that don't sound this way. Yeah. Like, uh, what was it? Lord's version of um, Everyone Wants to Rule the World. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that version. One. Yep. I that used to be my rule with covers. It's like it has to either hit that same nostalgia button without being exactly like it or it has to be a wildly different interpretation thereof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. speaking of nostalgia, yes. You can go to Asylum 3713 Southeast Hawthorne Boulevard right across from the Baghdad Theater. Get your nostalgia fix for fine, modern, vintage furniture and decor. That's right. I'm looking at this uh, white lacquered shelving, but I mean, it's cool, but I'm kind of looking at what they got in the lacquered shelving. Yes, both of those things. Yeah. There's some fun stuff in there. 
All of these things are great. I went right to the flax. It says, drinking promotes freedom of speech. <laughs> Yay! It's true. That's a classy one, too. It's got the, the leatherette cover over it the metal. It does. Glass. Yeah. Leather makes everything classy. Mm-hmm. It, sure it does. does. Mm-hmm. I like the um, I like the planter stand right after. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> For once, Bean, I wasn't going to take it. I was just going to go right on with you talking about these planters because I like them. And I missed it because I was talking about planters. Mm-hmm. You and I planting these two just being leather daddies. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not even a little sorry. <laughs> Neither am I. I, <laughs> Denise, shall we talk about fine in-home decoration with which to put plants? Yes. Please running do. Out, running out of places to put your plants? Consider, or flogs. Consider going vertical. So it's, a, it's, a, it's literally just a pole. <laughs> yep. Just power yep. through. <laughs> With uh, like three, they look like they look like the 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 big half, the long half of a plastic egg toy. You know that you put toys or candy. Or uh, le eggs, if you're a child of a certain le year. Eggs, yes, they look like the the top half of a leg le egg canister. Also, star destroyer engines. Yes, also that we're made from the eggs. So many it's different true. shapes that you can compare this planter to. Mm-hmm. And anyway, it's got three receptacles that you can put your plants in, and I'm assuming you could fill them up with dirt too. But the example shows basically air plants yes. uh, that don't require dirt. Also, you can get a variety of different egg, uh, air plant holders at Asylum. Some of them, I think, have magnets, and you can put them on your fridge. Yeah, magnets. Uh, uh, you know, you know what you work? can't get at Asylum? Black lava lamp. Because this bitch got the last one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I keep meaning to post a video of it, but I... You forget. can get this sexy vinyl record holder. Yeah, I know it's not meant to hold vinyl, but it's uh, kind of what Daddy wants. Which one? <laughs> that was weird. You're not talking about the credenza, are you? No, with the wicker... I'm bad at furniture names. I don't think I'm looking at a credenza. This just says cabinet. It's a cabinet with wicker rattan doors. We looked at this last week okay, while he yes, was that one is off gallivanting vinyl. through Disneyland. No, mm-hmm. But yes, no, it is for vinyl. It says yes. Ex- Aha! Exclamation point. It holds vinyl records. Capital, all capital, all caps. That's the w- w- phrase I was looking for. Remember last week when I said like my vo- 30% of my vocabulary just goes right out the window as soon as we have to speak on mic. Uh-huh. This mm-hmm. is an example of that. It's a good thing you speak on mic for two hours a week. I know. <laughs> the only thing... I, anyway. Candlestick holders. Solid teak hand finished. These things are really cool. You're solid teak. Some of them look <laughs> um, like bedroom accoutrement, but they're classy as hell. You know they do. Take a look. But they're teak and they're lovely. Mm. Put them in your living room. <laughs> Put them on the white lacquer shelves you just bought. Those, those, um, not that I am condoning or recommending that you do this, but you no. could, you no, could you totally. No, you probably shouldn't. They're not meant for it. that. No. If that's what you want to do in your free time, buy the appropriate items. Don't use these fine teak <laughs> candlesticks. I was going to say they're made of teak and candlesticks, as we have learned from the game Clue, are a weapon uh, of choice for murders of opportunity. (laughs) In which case, these would make fine candlesticks. Yeah. Is there anything else? (laughs) That's just far too bulbous of a beginning. (laughs) I just mean the the shape is suggestive. It's not Um, tapered the right way. Yeah, it's going the wrong direction. They all have different (gasps) shapes. Not... mm. <laughs> Suggestive. You just Suggestive. gotta. You gotta start a certain way. Look, can you not bug me down on technicalities right now? 
I don't. I'm not. I do not need this poor Christian. I don't need a lesson in ass play toys from you right now. Well, we weren't talking about that. I was talking about something else. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Nope. She I went meant, there. It's too I late. Meant personal massages. It's too late. Now. Mm, not no. those kind. No. That is what one sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Get all this and more by following Asylum online at Facebook.com. For all your PX. for all your vintage and leather daddy needs. As well as following them on Instagram at uh, Asylum underscore PDX. For the love no, of God. No, PDX underscore God, Asylum. Damn it. Why don't I just open Instagram on my computer? For the love I of God, know. thank them for sponsoring us because it's the only way they can be like, why are we keep... Yes, you please immediately go to asylum, sorry, asylum, buy something, and tell them it's because of the shit we said. Otherwise, they're going to cut us off, you guys. Although, I'll give 20 bucks to whoever, but you got to prove this. you got to record it. If you buy one of those candlesticks and ask checking out, if you say, like, I'm, this is for Peggin. Like if, if you do that, I will personally hand you a $20 bill. But you've got to show the receipt and audio video proof that that's what you did. You know, Dev and Anton might tolerate us, but they do also have employees who we probably shouldn't be subjecting to our shenanery. This is this that's, is a crisp $20 bill. That's the yeah. sound of a crisp For exactly $20 that. Bill. Yeah. Yeah, don't do it to the uh, just Eb and Anton. You'll recognize it. <laughs> did you say Eb and Danton? No, Deb and Anton. Okay. <laughs> so we have a book to review. Oh, yes. Uh, moving on. Oh, I did want to follow up. Sorry. Sure. Um, Go, yeah, no, why ever? Fuck it. <laughs> Birds of Prey. Uh, please make sure to follow Kathy Yan, uh, Christina Hodson, and Matthew Libatique. Uh They are the director, uh, writer, and cinematographer for Birds of Prey. Um, I, I'm giving them a shout out because they're all also Asian. All of them are Asian American. Uh, Matthew Libatique is... Um, Darren Aronofsky's cine- cinematographer of choice. So, go follow their stuff. They're real cool. Mm-hmm. Well, Oni Press is releasing this week, I believe. Yep. Uh, a new book by one of our favorite writers, uh, Curtis Weeb, called Dryad. Also featuring artists, I cannot find this guy's first name, Justin Osterling. Uh, as the artist, uh, I'm less familiar with his work, um, but right off the bat, when you look at the cover page, looks like a spinoff to Saga, which I I think I love. Yes. Uh, so, who wants to start here with talking about what Dryad is about? So there's there's some pretty obvious, I think, some homages to kind of the, a lot of some of the kind of classic fantasy or even D&D tropes where you've got a character who looks like an elf. Let's just say for all intents and purposes, she's an elf. Mm. And a human part male partner, and they have a young child, and they're escaping a city two. to a more... Two young children. Two young children, sorry. Which I had to go back and figure that out. I did too. It's actually not mm. obvious. Yeah. Uh, no. Not until basically like the end. No, not until... No, it's... Like, it's, it's oh, you're right. Page yeah. five. All page five. It's, at page five, it's very... No, lies. Still not on page five. But it, it just takes a couple pages before you can actually tell. There are, in fact, two of them. Yeah. So it's suggested that they live in the city and they don't want to raise their kids there for one way or another. So they want to go to this legendary, you know, hidden, idyllic village, you know, in a... In, in a in, remote part of the... In, in a remote glade, mm-hmm. you know, elven paradise kind of thing. 
And apparently, like, there's some rules about how you can get there before they let you in. Yeah. But there's a few nods. I was actually saying that before we started the show, there's a few nods what it felt like to uh, the yawning portal in that some of the shops have open portals to dungeons where monsters and shit come out all the time, hmm. which is very much the yawning portal. Yeah. yeah so this, this remote village uh, is basically at the, at the cusp, I guess, of a very like, dangerous part of the world. And so they're living on the edge, essentially. They have sort of just sort of like, a, like an average town, but can frequently be raided by monsters, even though everything in their surrounding area is pretty idyllic. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not quite sure. There's a lot of elements going on here. I'm, I, I'm struggling to figure out like which which parts to cover uh, at which point. There's definitely also a, a component of some sort of uh, folklore and history regarding the area that they live in. They were the people who live in this town currently are not the first people. Right. They don't really know who the, a lot about who the first people were. They just know that they kind of created this area and left and then vanished. relics behind. And that's it. That's all they got. Right. Mm-mm. There's also, we ha- don't yet know a ton about what exactly was going on in the city that makes this village on the edge of weird portals, like ca- dangerous caverns, safer, seemingly, than being in the city. But that seems to be the big reason that they left. That feels like it's commentary more on uh, the old "why do people move to the suburbs?" You think it's some, it's as general as that? Yeah, I I think it's a general commentary on the big city is evil and no place to raise kids, so you move out to the suburbs or to the country. That's where, a lot of work for a picket fence, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, where there's a lot where there's still danger, but it's just hidden under a veneer of peace. Yeah, yeah. Where like, no, we just take we just take care of our own, mm. which is a terrifying phrase. Mm. Uh-huh. Um. Anyway, so you've got the the main family, who are the the, the key characters, seemingly. Uh, at least in this issue, you've they got, they are the glasses. Thank you. And you've got the the mom and the dad. The dad is more of a academic type, and the mom is. Uh, it sounds like she used to be some sort of a soldier. Yeah. Here in this town, she kind of She's scrapes a, by as. Well, they a, call her a protector, protector, but like nothing bad really happens in the town anymore. Right. Yeah. She feels a little bit under underutilized, and like she's maybe not living up to her potential the way she used to when they lived in the city. So there's a little bit of, I don't want to say tension, because they, the characters actually communicate really well with each other. Mm-hmm. Lo- very candid, but, you know, like, non-confrontational discussion about potentially mm-hmm. wanting different things in life, this this couple, this this, yeah. this, this set of parents, which I is do, kind of a big deal. Yeah, I do appreciate there's not, they don't, Curtis doesn't, like, have it build up a tension, and, and there's not a lot of, like, you're hiding from me. She's like, come on. Mm-hmm. But you know you can tell classic, me, I can tell you. <laughs> in classic Curtis Weeb fashion, uh, they're also getting stoned while the kids are out. Yeah, getting stoned and then probably getting yes. busy. Probably. Or whatever, both. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the kids decide that uh, they want to investigate a little bit more about some of the weirdness in their town all of a sudden. Right. Uh, and they make some interesting discoveries. And that's kind of where it ends. Yeah. Yeah, definitely like, a, a cliffhanger type issue yeah and um 
it was a it was a fun book. Um, as a as a as a rule, I think I I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed the artwork and I enjoyed the style, even though sometimes I enjoyed the visual storytelling. But sometimes I lost characters in it, which is a weird thing to say together. Um, I think when they're drawing the the couple, the married couple. They have a very distinct look when Osterling is, is is penciling them, but when it comes to some of the kids and secondary characters, they they all kind of blend in together, to me. Um, I did enjoy the coloring. I thought it was vibrant. I thought it really kind of lended itself to a high fantasy look. It's not a lot of fantasy books can be very kind of dark, especially modern fantasy comics. They try, they tend to skew a little darker. Even though I enjoy Die, its color palette is is pretty dark and muted. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I could appreciate that. Um, yeah, it, uh, I enjoyed the uh, the broad uh, the variety of uh, ethnic appearances of the characters. Uh, even, uh, I mean, I guess it is largely supporting characters or background characters because, again, we're focusing on one family, but um, there's definitely people of various skin colors in the mm-hmm. village, and I think that that's something that's easily missed when you're looking at a, a high fantasy type. Book. Yeah, even if you've got a little bit more like modern comedy style writing, right? It, it just you know, it's something as a rule I've noticed. Curtis yeah. Weeb's pretty Everyone good. Everyone in Lord of the Rings is white. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's, and that's the template. Right. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I don't have a lot to go on to judge this yet. I will I will probably, since I like fantasy comics, I will probably give it like my three comic test, my three yeah. issue test. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I like Curtis Weeb's writing. Uh, I enjoy the art. I hope it kind of gets a bit more refined. Like I said, I enjoy the, the visual storytelling, even if some of the... I think refinement is the right. Yeah, yeah. Word. There's definitely something there, and I feel like this is an artist that's going to grow as they become more comfortable in this story. Oh well, and I'm, uh, I found an article here about this book release. Uh, it says that uh, this is Justin Osterling's first published work. So I mean, who knows oh, how long well. he's actually been, you know, working as an artist? But you know, like actually taking something to print is a whole other beast. Yeah. And he, he might just have a little bit ways to go. It could be early in his career. I, I know that I said this off mic, that the the art to me felt like it was three different artists. And looking back over it again, it doesn't actually feel like three different artists. It feels like three different inkers over mm. one artist. Ah. Right. I, I could f- see that. Because there is still enough commonality in how things are drawn, but there's also something different that seems to go in chunks. And that like, could right? be what mm-hmm. throws me off on not being able to, dif- uh, you know, see some of the variety in background. I, right. I would agree. with. I wasn't really picking up on the the concept of it being three different artists, but I could I could definitely get the vibe of three different inkers because just the, the tone sets are very from, I would say, like the beginning of the book and then like interme- the second and third portions intermix mm. looks like they're going back and forth there there are definitely sections of this book where the inking is much more confident than other parts and that 
That's definitely when you can tell the difference between inkers. There is a two-page spread. And hopefully we're right, because we have a right. review copy of this that doesn't give all the credits. It doesn't give any credits. Just no, the cover. just the cover. Yeah, um, yeah there's a two-page spread, pages eight and nine, mm-hmm. that um, I was thinking were very evocative of um, some Miyazaki art in terms of, like, whenever... You know, because a lot of Miyazaki movies, they have at least a handful of scenes where they just sort of like do a wide pan of the scenery. And it just has this really like great idyllic, you know, there's a lot of nature, even even if you're at a village or near a village, they just, they have a a large panoramic view um, in most of his films. And there's a the, the two page spread in in this book was very evocative of that to me, which is interesting since that is exactly what the artist uh, Osterling says is one of his influences. Yes, I, and that's what I was going with. Is I I, I see here that he actually did a lot of research yep. in order to be able to in order to be ready to do a fantasy book. Yeah, hmm. Shiro Masumune is another reference or person that he's referencing or drawing reference from, which I see less. Of that particular artist's I'm influence, not familiar with Shiro to know to like to see it or not see. Ghost it. in the Shell, ah, uh, mm. Intron Depot. Oh, I don't know about that. I definitely see the Miyazaki uh, yeah. inspiration, though. Yeah, I I see the Miyazaki. I I don't see the Shiro. Well, um. I don't know. I feel like we're lukewarm on this. Somewhere between lukewarm and recommend. Um. I, I'm, I'm neutral on it to the degree that it's not a book that I'm going to pick up. Like I, there wasn't enough to grab me for me to continue to follow to find out what these are. If there was a hint that there's going to be story about how this woman got the scars on her face and lost her ear traveling mm-hmm. from point A to point B. Because if that's how she lost them, she did. Those are wounds oh, no, yeah, are way right, too fresh. A, no, you're right. She has bandages on. Yeah, she, that happened between leaving the city and arriving at this idyllic, um, lovely mm-hmm. new home. You're right. Um, um, like I, I'm more interested in a book about her exploits and adventures, and less about this family finding its identity. It's not that it's poorly written; it's well written. Um, no, I I agree. But I, I'm I'm not engaged, and I, that's just me as individually as a reader. No, I'm totally with you. I think that the mom character is the most interesting, the most compelling, and I really, really wanted to. I was excited to read this because it is a Curtis Weeb, and I I miss I miss him and his work. But this didn't grab me the way I thought it would. And it, and it could be that uh, Weeb is. Putting a lot of himself into the um, husband slash father character, mm-hmm. but through a lens of here are all my faults and the things that <laughs> make me a pain in the ass to live with and deal with and be married to, which is fair. Which yeah. we do that, yeah. Um, um, sure. But that that does make it problem. Like for some men, that's immediately oh I identify this and I want to get behind this. It's like oh I I've been there and I've done that and have grown from that and you're a pain in the ass. I don't <laughs> want to read about you. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Um, he was not He was not my favorite. 
I don't think he's supposed to be. Yeah. It, I'm I'm intrigued enough that I'm gonna like I said, I'll I'm gonna keep giving it a run and see right. where it goes. Let us know. Hmm. I if will. It, if it gets better, we'll give it another shot. Very yeah, well. keep us posted. I think that's the show. Uh I think it has to be. Yeah. <laughs> given, Getting late. given the time. Yeah. <laughs> Lindsay, thanks for coming on this week. Hey, thanks for having me on. Also happy birthday. Oh thank you. It's this weekend, right? Yeah, it is. Whoop. Yeah. Oh you Pisces. Mm hmm. Moody fuckers. I'll say. Whatever. <laughs> I, I meant him, really. Not Unless you. Yeah, I don't really present all that Piscean mm. most of the time. Bean just likes to pick on me. Yeah, well. It's my yeah. right as your best friend. Yeah. Fine. Whatever's. <laughs> She's not wrong. Shh. Next week, week, you're not here, right? That is correct. Ha! Was <laughs> that hot? I don't know. Okay. I'll be in the the deep re- recesses of South- Southwest Portland. I don't, I don't know. No, Gross. no, no. Downtown. It's downtown. Oh, that's fine. So Cable and I will either fly solo or we'll bring on a guest. We'll see what happens. Are you up? Are you up? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Are you up? That will have some scrabble. <laughs> the good part of that. Some scrabble. Scrabble. A uh, scrapple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little yeah. bit a little bit of fat, some oats and some apples. That though, fried up. Mm, yep. Mm-hmm. There's a no Easter coming. <laughs> Rough on the boats, but good for the lobster. <laughs> some say dad is better. <laughs> That's right. I do. Well with that, I'm I'm Aaron Duran. <laughs> I'm being a Rita. Yep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm uh Cable Hashitani. And uh our <laughs> guest was uh Lindsay there. And we'll uh, talk to everybody next week. I hope. I hope. Shout for snakes. (laughs) (laughs) And that was another issue of Geek in the City Radio, which comes to you free every week from geekinthecity.com. You can support our show by popping on over to patreon.com forward slash geek in the city. However, if you can't help us out there, you can also share and rate the show on Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, iHeartRadio, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And as always, our opening and closing music done by Megathruster. We will talk to you all next week.